Well, yesterday marked 1,000 days since the downing of Ukraine International Flight 752 after it was hit by a missile fired by Iran's Revolutionary Guard over Tehran in January of 2020. 176 people were killed, including 55 Canadians and 30 permanent residents. There was a huge Canadian connection to this horrific event. There has been little movement to hold the regime to account or discover the truth about what happened that day. But for those who lost loved ones, they do see a glimmer of hope in the surge and protests that continue to sweep the country, sparked by the death of 22-year-old Masa Amini last month after being detained by the country's so-called morality police. Hamed Ismailian's wife, Parisa, and his nine-year-old daughter, Rira, were lost in that disaster. He was amongst the many who gathered on Parliament Hill yesterday to continue to try to put pressure on Ottawa to do more to hold Iran to account. Ismailian is also the president of the Flight PS752 Family Association, and he joins me now. Thanks so much for your time tonight. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Ben. I know it's been a long few days for you. You were in Ottawa, still trying to get some accountability, or at least try to get Ottawa to hold the regime to account. How much progress has actually been made? Uh, you know, the first and most important uh, demand that we have is to refer the case to International Civil Aviation Organization and ultimately to International Court of Justice. What we hear from the government is. Uh, the legal team in GAC, they're still working on a case, and hopefully in the near future we go there. Yeah, justice always moves very slowly, I know. You've seen the surge in protests in Iran. Is that giving you any hope that there could be some accountability here? There could be change? Uh, of course. Of course, this time, uh, you know, if you remember, there have been several uprisings in Iran mm-hmm. in the last for decades and every time the regime has been able to to silence the protesters or with with violence and uh, brutal actions but this time you can see that the young generation they fight back they don't give up and there's a lot of hope among Iranians in and out of the country that this time is different and looks like a, a revolution to everybody were you surprised by the reaction to the death of Masa Amini? Again, as you mentioned, there have been other protests in the past, but this one seemed to galvanize specifically women, but many people around the world and in Iran. Uh, were you surprised by, by the strength of the protests? Uh, n- not really. You know, uh, it's for decades that uh, everybody says in Iran that the next revolution in Iran would be women's revolution. And that's obvious because of the... Uh, discrimination because of the uh, basic rights that they have been taken from Iranian women. I'm not surprised, actually, that they are outrageous now. They are um, uh, part of the movement, and they're the main part of the movement, that they don't want to be under oppression of this regime any longer. And uh, unfortunately, we don't see a lot of reaction from politicians all around the world. If you if you follow the stories of uh, Iran protests, um, I call it revolution. Actually, out of the country uh, last Saturday, in one more than 150 cities around the world, Iranian uh, Iranians they came out and they shout that they shouted that they don't want this regime anymore. And uh, we expected to see that more in the media and in in uh, uh, politicians' remarks, 
but uh, it was not that ideal that uh, I was thinking. You know, I covered the Air India inquiry many years ago, and one of the biggest, uh, I guess, regrets that the families had was that that tragedy was never seen as a Canadian tragedy when it happened. And that was long ago, of course. Do you ever feel the same way about 752, that, that Canada hasn't come to terms with the fact that this really was a Canadian tragedy as much as it was an Iranian or Ukrainian tragedy? You know, at this time that 1,000 days, more than 1,000 days has passed, um, we haven't seen much, honestly. We have seen actions like marking January 8th as a national day for air disaster victims. We have seen scholarships or helping families to get visa and, and travel to Canada. But the truth and justice, which is the most important for, part for the families, uh, not... A good progress so far. You know, I, I talked about IKO referral, but there have been other demands that we had, like put IRGC on the list of terrorist organization. This mm-hmm. last 14th of September, the families, we submitted our case in International Criminal Court. We expected our government to support us or, uh, you know, get engaged in the referral of the case in ICC or write a support letter. But, uh, you know, we just hear that it takes time it takes time it takes time and um you know our patience has been exhausted a long time ago yeah and you've been working awfully hard at this for nearly a thousand days now you must be just the people who've been pushing for justice must feel the fatigue and the lack of progress and how frustrating it gets you know as a survivor we have done anything that a survivor can do writing letters having meetings protests rallies I don't know, website, and even even writing, even like providing a, a fact-finding report like last fall. And this is not our job, honestly. This is, the, this is the official's job. And when we see that with all this hard work, what we gained is not that much that we expected, yes, we get very disappointed. How important would it be, and I know there's been a lot of politics around this, and certainly with the death of Masa Amini, there's been a lot of talk about this again in Canada, but to list the Revolutionary Guard as a terrorist entity? Uh, it's a mystery for me, honestly. You know, about, it's like three, four days now we see the discussions in the Parliament. The same question has been offered to our government that why IRGC is not in the list. And I have heard from our government or officials before that because of those people that they have gone through military service in IRGC, because, you know, in Iran, every boy has to go to military service for two years. So there have been like 2 million people in Iran that they have gone through IRGC and probably 10, 15,000 of them have traveled to Canada or plan to come to Canada. Because of those 10, 15,000 people, I think they have decided not to to do that. This is what I I hear from them. But we have talked to several lawyers, and they say there is a very simple solution for that, like exemption letter or, you know, there there are ways to not hurt those people. In my opinion, this decision is mostly um, the political decision. 
Yeah, but it, to me, it just makes no sense politically. I mean, I understand the complexities of, of listing an organization, but we've done it to the Taliban. We've done it to the Proud Boys. It's not like this is groundbreaking. There are other organizations that have been listed this way. And I don't understand why the Revolutionary Guard couldn't be, uh, specifically after the events of January 2020, but also recent events. Um, you know, I hear you. And uh, I, I always say, when when they murdered Zahra Kazemi in Iran years mm-hmm. ago, uh, we, we could have done better. Then we, we wouldn't see the murder of Dr. Sayyid Imami. And when they murdered Dr. Sayyid Imami, if they had acted like in a resolute and firm reaction, uh, we wouldn't see PS752. And now, actually, I, I blame all those governments that are responsible for human rights in free world to see that they killed Masa Amini and they have killed dozens of people, more than 150 young people have been died, uh, have been killed actually by Islamic regime in the last two, three weeks. So this is the responsibility of the free world to stop that, to just, uh, I don't know, like just for example, to expel all the all the relatives and officials of the Islamic Republic from Canada. This is the one simple oh. step that they can take. Hamed, we're running out of time. I apologize. Thank you so much again tonight for, for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for having me. Thank you.